0: Okay, thank you everyone for joining me today. And today I'm going to share um, a few news that um, I find out interesting uh, during this week. The first one is, uh, it's on Forbes and the title is Bank of America gets more bullish on um, Apple says augmented reality has said will be a game changer. Okay, this news was written by Sir Sergey K. And then uh, I would say the the overall point is that um, Apple will release their augmented reality or VR. I, I would say mixed reality headset because it seems like it's AR, but you know you can do VR as well. So their their AR has that by the end of 2022 or early 2023. And you know, we all know that Apple usually, like before Apple always the pioneer. But right now Apple, right now, Apple just wait until the last minute and launch something uh, you know, um, kind of like not really innovative, but just uh, gather around all the information and trying to come up with a really nice user experience headset. But when Apple launched their stuff, it's usually that everyone wants to buy. So yeah, so I think Apple kind of gets the really, um, yeah, so, so it will be the game changer uh, in the future. So, so I think this is a very interesting um, thing because you see that Apple, a- Apple is, um, and, and as far as I know that um, you still need to power your iPhone Um, to use your AR headset. And this means that uh, if Apple release their AR headset around uh, 2023, it means that uh, the the world needs to, you know, start filling out with 5G. So uh, AR, VR application can uh, be processed pretty well. And then also people start thinking about, yeah, like um, Apple stock will be definitely rock because because of the AR headset. Okay, so any thoughts? Do you wanna share your thoughts for for, for this?
1: Uh, I think it's very interesting. The news has really been heating up lately about this (laughs) Apple AR stuff. And um, I recently did a lot of research on 5G for some phone purchases. Mm -hmm. and um that is one of the big things that people are waiting for is they say well i hear all these wonderful things about 5g where's the applications where's you know where's the hardware and so forth that we're going to use with this Mm -hmm. And um, so uh i think everyone is sort of expectedly waiting on apple for these types of things Mm -hmm. uh hopefully they don't wait till 2024 because it may be too late, you know? Uh, mm. So they have to sort of get on the train and, and get things moving on that. Um, mm. But w- one interesting thing that I found when I was doing the research mm. is the T-Mobile 5G networks are twice as fast on average across the oh, country. Oh, wow, it-
0: T-Mobile. That, 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 that's very impressive because I have T-Mobile and I know in some states, my T-Mobile won't work because there are not a lot of, uh, you know,
1: the, the, the satellites or something. You, you have 5G or, or 4G? No,
0: no 4G. But as far as I know that T-Mobile, in some place you will get pretty good, you know, signals, but in some place you will not even receive anything.
1: Well, that may vary depending on whether you're on 5G or not, because <laughs> everyone is building, trying to build out their 5G networks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the 4G LTE will not grow in the future. That's going to be the thing that they sort of leave, leave behind. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I know here where mm-hmm. I live, um, we were getting poor signals on Verizon with 4G LTE, but now we're on 5G with T-Mobile and our signals are fine. So um, mm-hmm. so anyways, it's, it's an interesting thing. And the reason why T-Mobile has the advantage right now is because when they bought Sprint, they got a bunch of bandwidth uh, mm. in that purchase and that gave them enough bandwidth to do good 5G. So, yeah. So that's yeah. What's
0: yeah. I think 5G is definitely something that people. you see, like um, I saw a news that SpaceX just shoot, I don't know, 52 or like a lot of satellites to, to the sky right now. So I uh-huh. have to the orbit right now. So um yeah that satellite will definitely enhance uh the wi-fi or you know enhance the 5g acceleration but the only thing that i concern is that there are so many trash on the orbit it's just (laughs) we just saw a bunch of things and now few thousand few millions of small things trash and they might crash
1: yeah once you get a crash you could have sort of a domino effect and um it could really ruin all of our satellite communications and so forth. Yeah,
0: we just have too many trashes and probably need some cleanup. Yeah. yeah, so I would yeah. say that 5G is definitely, and I saw, I, I don't know, maybe it's a rumor or something. I saw that Tesla is about to launch a phone.
1: <laughs> oh, really? I don't
0: know. Maybe it's a rumor, but I saw on, on, on the news. Yeah. So so it's very interesting that, um, yeah, like um, you know, like the phone and then um, satellites and five Gs and metaverse, right? Because we oh. really need a, you know. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: And Apple wants to launch a car. So. You know, yeah. Car.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the very interesting thing is that the entire world is is uh, pretty much connect together and uh, through, I don't know, 5G and digital twins, right? Uh, because, you know, metaverse is pretty much, we have another digital identity. Yeah, today I saw another news which talks about, you know, people uh, like women being harassed inside, you know, metaverse. That's and something. yeah, that, that, that that's kind of like, I would say, it's hard because, you know, Nobody knows who you are, right? And you can change yeah. your avatar and you can be anonymous, right? And then in VR, some people, I would say the first time I used VR in in old space and I got banned <laughs> because You're I banned? Ex- yeah, because I accidentally hit a button that I not intended. I, I, I'm not really familiar with uh, VR, uh, social media at the moment, and uh-huh. I accidentally hit a portal button and teleporting the entire team to another place. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so powerful. I can do that. I feel yeah, like that's right. the host can do that. But I do do something that interrupts the entire meeting. And I feel uh, embarrassed and later on I keep apologize to the host because I kind of messed up the 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 the, the, the the meeting and you know and it was all professional <laughs> I feel so embarrassed and I later I got banned I saw like my list I got banned I couldn't get in anymore and I feel uh, like yeah I mean it's just accidentally I don't even know I saw there's a button and it's kind of like I, I just want to play around and see how I can do with this interface while people are talking I just like play around and I didn't re- realize that that button will cause the entire meeting to get shut down or something.
1: Well, so. you know, there, there's sort of a trend here that um, you can do just the slightest thing mm. and get banned or whatnot from things. Um, for example, right now, email seems to be getting worse and worse. The, um, I noticed from my website, if I send out emails even to people on Gmail now, Mm-hmm. Uh, there must be somebody else on my web hosting provider that's sending spam and my, oh. my servers must be blacklisted because now all my emails are going into the trash folder to gmail accounts.
0: Oh that, 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 that is very common because sometimes I remember one of my accounts every time I couldn't receive uh, a certain, pe- a, a few certain people of emails, for example, like I got invited to speak for events and I was waiting for the details and yeah. then I didn't receive it and I text uh, the host and it seems like everything she sent went into trend, like a junk mail. I was like, hey, that is so important <laughs> yeah. Why you label or categorize that to the junk mail. Yeah, so...
1: Yeah, it's like you have to send it from a Gmail account in order mm. for it to be received by a Gmail account nowadays.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, like right now, all the, all, all the stuff and especially metaverse, right? Uh, this, this entire digital world will definitely get the most out of you uh, information. Why? Because yeah. you see in physical world, if you disconnected any electronic device, pretty much people couldn't track you, right? Right. Yeah, and there are a lot of, you, you see like, yeah, a, a lot of stuff that people couldn't find, like uh, unsolved mysteries, unsolved murders, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes something you cannot track. But in digital world, every little single thing things you do in the digital world can be known by the host. Right, because right. you are in a digital form,
1: yeah. Which, which also leads to, I don't know if you received it, I sent you an email about an article about uh, uh, an AI program that NVIDIA is writing called uh, uh, Megatron Transformer. Have you heard about this? No, no. Okay, I sent you an email about it. Uh, okay. Maybe we'll talk about it at the end. Hmm, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I would say that you see that it's interesting. You see, like sometimes when you send me email, I couldn't receive it. Or my email were too too many emails. Yeah. Every day I receive at least a few hundred emails.
1: I know, it's so hard to get through them all.
0: <laughs> it's impossible. And sometimes I miss the most important one and I open something that is kind of shiny, but not important.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so this is the first one, which is Apple will be the game changer uh, in the future uh, when they launch their AR class. The next one is Adidas. Adidas, um, this news is on the verge, and the title is called Adidas is Launching an NFT Collection with Exclusive Access to Streetwear Drops. Okay, this news is on the verge, and by Jacob K. Um, yeah so pretty much in this um, in this article it talks about Adidas, and I can tell you I saw Nike was getting into NFT and uh, released a bunch of NFT shoes for a sports promotion that was the previous one but now Adidas is getting into NFT again like as well yeah because you, you see like all the sports or all the wear street, street wears, all the brands, fashion brands, they are trying to you know push their brands into this digital world. So uh, the interesting thing is that you can pretty much um, buy NFT the limited editions um, design uh, in the digital forms. So the interesting thing is that um, if you can see my picture, on each wear, it has a code. The code which leads you to kind of like a digital access to that NFT. But they, um, I think, when this news released, edita probably haven't think through the entire how how they are going to execute it. So um, from this news, it seems like they are there, there's no NFT form for this um, this T-shirt, but. Uh, You can pretty much, um, um, like the NFT will sell for probably around um, 0.2 Ethereum or about 800 USD uh, through Edidas website. So, um, Edidas didn't tell people that whether they are going to uh, charge the loyalty fee or not, but it seems like they are Um, NFT buyers will get access to digital and physical uh, editor's products and experience. Yeah, so at first, the physical goods will include the track suit worn by Indigo, uh, a hoodie with the blockchain address on it, and an orange uh, binner. And this is very interesting. So basically, you can buy the you know, physical one, but there's a digital twins and through a secret code um, the, uh, on the t-shirt, right? And you can get the, uh, the digital one. And right now it doesn't really have the, um, the you know, like the, the, the NFT form showing up on the site. People still don't know what it will look like, but it seems like um, Editas is kind of uh, trying to, Bring uh, their, their their new wares or limited editions into NFT so people can purchase it. Yeah. Any thoughts, James?
1: Um, um, I think uh we're we've been going through sort of a speculative phase uh with NFTs. And mm-hmm. that has, you know, brought some really high prices to some mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And um I've I've talked to friends who are artists, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, Uh, recording artists and so forth. And um, my guess is that NFTs in the future will become sort of a vital part of uh, selling your own creative works. Mm -hmm. And they're a good way of providing provenance and authenticating uh, works of art and also selling a bundle of rights. Um I do a lot of 3D photography which would sort of lend itself to NFTs but you have to be very careful you have to make sure that you own the rights of what you're selling there was a great uh, legal uh uh discussion of this on the BNH website and um for example uh when I do a lot of shooting in studios I have non-commercial releases from models, but those models may be represented by agencies. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be careful. If I was to sell an NFT of shots of a particular model, let's say in 3D, um, then I need to make sure that I own all the rights to that stuff because uh, uh, I can't sell it with commercial rights because I only have a non-commercial release. So you have to be very careful about that. And another, here's a crazy thing that they talked about in the legal discussion, make sure that the Ford Motor Company logo is not in your NFT because they will sue you. They are very particular about the appearance of their logo and things. So oftentimes you'll see a Ford vehicle in some TV show and the logo will be blurred out because Mm -hmm. otherwise that, that uh, production company will get sued. Yeah. The, the
0: interesting thing is that, you know, like we have uh, such a lim- like very strict um, license or like laws for, you know, our property, intellectual property, for example, like all the props, right? Um, if a, a film need to be shoot and they need to make sure they didn't, you know, shoot anything that, it, is not you know legal or you know like they didn't own that thing so there are a lot of fake props right and how about like nft the interesting thing is that i saw some news it seems like someone took someone's tweet and make an nft and sell it and it makes me wonder that you know uh, because NFT, as long as you own it, you don't have to be the one who produce it, as long as you own it, right? And yeah. this will be really confusing that, yeah, it's like, you know, in this real world, you own it by, you know, physically get it. But for NFT, you own it by you got the code for that, right? and yep. you don't have to be necessarily produce it as long as you get the you know entire, I still don't know how it works, but it seems like there is a public key and private key. If you own kind of like both, you, you own it, right? So well, it's, yeah, go ahead.
1: This has been a big issue on Instagram uh, hmm. with people taking other people's uh, creative works Mm -hmm. that are that have been posted on instagram and putting Mm -hmm. them together Mm -hmm. and creating new things and selling them that legally speaking that's called a derivative work and if you own the copyright to something then you own uh the exclusive right to -hmm. create derivative works of that thing and somebody else just can't do it there are certain uh free use Mm -hmm. uh, applications for example if you're doing something with education that mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more leeway of mm-hmm. using a copyrighted work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing it for satire, that gives you a little bit more leeway
0: mm-hmm. of
1: using a copyrighted, copyrighted work. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, just putting together some art from somebody else mm-hmm. and, and that other person's uh, art is still recognizable in, mm-hmm. in what you've created, that's considered copyright infringement. and But it's been happening a lot with uh, social media. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You see like social media, we haven't solved the physical world's problem and imagine in the digital world, it will be more anonymous, more, you know, more people because it's so hard to see the identity through the digital, you know, digital world. Right. Right. So, and there's no rules, no laws, no regulation. People still don't really know how to behave or how to, you know, uh, be inside digital world. I w- I would usually say we will figure it out as as long as we go, <laughs> but yeah. it, you know, like now <clears throat> things start appearing like problems or things start um, you know the problems start showing up. Even though NFT is such a, I would say decentralized um, economy is such a, an appealing concept because today I listen to WSJ, you know. Um, the bank is going to raise the interest. I feel like, you know, like, oh, God, you know, in this economy system, bank is always the one who profit, right? No matter you have inflation or whatever economy race or whatever happened, bank always can get a lot of money out of it. So, yeah, so I feel like, you know, if doing the decentralized first bank will not be happy, right? And second I, I know there will be a lot of, you know, the, the power trying to stop it. But I know that, you know, people still want freedom. I, I see the, you know, the fighting bef- uh, between it. And I see that right now we are probably in in the really high level of everyone is talking about NFT. And any will be bubble, something like a dot-com bubble. But the bubble will tell us how you know how to fix all the all the bad things, and it will slowly go up, right? It will become bubble and going down and going up. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, just something like.
1: I think in the end, NFTs are going to be a vital way of um, uh, selling and, and getting uh, value out of your creative works.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I, I would say that this the the concept is great. But how we can implement those? Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we need to kind of test it out and see how, 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 how we can deal with the the dark side of the dark side of, evil, uh, right. dark side of humans, yeah. <laughs> and trying to regulate it and I, make I it. Yeah, because <laughs> right now, you know, we le- release this the technology itself. The concept is great, but how can we regulate it? Make sure everyone feels fair, being fair, or not being ripped off in this, you know, NFT world. Yeah. I would feel like, yeah, that's yeah, and it takes some time, right? At least ten to twenty years. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so this is the second news, and the third news will be, I would say, this one. Um, this one uh, is called. Neuroscientists are using virtual reality to unlock a whole new world of brand research. This news is on Fast Company. Fast Company, yeah, okay. And then this uh, article was written by Connie Lee. So how it works, pretty much um, the, the neuroscientists start using virtual reality to s- to to kind of uh, testing people's emotions. So, for example, like before, um, usually the researchers will let uh, the you know the the passions or the the users to see bunch of images, bunch of you know some 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 stuff. But because it's not that immersive, right? Sometimes it well not that it will not be that accurate. And then they find out that, that once they put uh, the passion inside a virtual reality game, such as in here, they put the, the participants um, um, like VR glasses and transported them into the cars of roller coaster ride. So they can feel um, the, the entire journey. And uh, the brand researchers start kind of start looking at their emotional level. So for example, like uh, the passion, the participant will get through, you know, a mountain landscape and then uh, dash through the flames of raging fires and finally landing, um, you know, the age. It's kind of like trying to create a really excited journey and for the participant to, to kind of experiment and then the uh, the neuroscientists will start uh, using you know all the um, all the equipment to to kind of um, estimate or to start getting the information uh, for the emotion from the participants' motion emotion um, you know some some emotional levels. So um, this will really helps um, neuroscientists to understand. Uh, the rhythm and the patterns of the brainwave links to the emotional excitement and also um, some other parts of our brain, the degree of excitement. So in the future, uh, they can also be able to predict the strength of those emotions by identifying which, um, which parts of the brain will be involved so this will really helps um, everything. Since you know you put the participant in the digital world, and everything that participant uh, interact will have a digital record. It's more uh, accurate uh, when um, yeah compared to the traditional way of um, um, uh, research. So I think this is kind of something pretty pretty awesome because. You know, like this, well, helps um, neuroscientists to to understand our brain. Yeah. Any thoughts for this?
1: I'm I'm working with multiple displays, and sometimes my cursor gets lost. (laughs) No worries. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's very interesting. There's I just read an article yesterday. Mm Uh, on the Guardian uh, website, and it's called 15 Minutes to Save the World, A Terrifying VR Journey into the Nuclear Bunker. And um, what this do you is want to, about... Do you want to share your screen? Do you, do you want uh, to
0: share it, your screen? It's
1: on another computer right now. um oh, okay. okay. It would fine. take me a minute to find it. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: While I'm talking, I'll try to find it, if I can find my cursor here. Um, there's... Uh, what it's about is... Uh, if the president of the United States, for example, mm. got notice mm. that uh, the Soviet Union had mm. fired a bunch of nuclear missiles mm. to aimed at our, uh, at our nuclear missile sites, mm. our launch sites, mm. he would have very little time to deal mm. with it, like 12 to 15 minutes. Yes, and yes. There, there wouldn't be time enough to bring in the advisors and so forth. And so what this did uh, is they they created a simulation of what it would be like for the president to have to deal with that situation. Hi, somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, and so what they do is they use VR to put you in that situation of what the president would be in. And then they provide several options and you decide what to do. And uh, you have, you know, like, 10 minutes left to, to, to pick a solution. And you know, if you pick one solution, uh, maybe two million people will die. If you pick another solution, 10 to 15 million people may die. If you pick a third solution, maybe everyone on the planet will die. So you have Aww. to be very quick. Or, or you cannot do anything at all. What they talk about is uh, there have been some situations mm-hmm. in the past mm-hmm. where accidentally they mm-hmm. thought that things like this have occurred. And uh, I believe it was uh, in Russia, they got an indication that there were some kind of nuclear missiles being sent to them. And they found out, and and the guy who was in charge, who made the decision, ended up saying, no, I think this is a malfunction somewhere. And so he did nothing. And it turned out that it was a malfunction. But if he didn't have that insight Mm -hmm. and prevent the response, Mm -hmm. then we could have been in a mess.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's actually this other article that I will talk about at the end mm-hmm. uh, about um, uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And we may get into a situation where everyone is creating artificially intelligent uh, response systems for things like this. Mm-hmm. And they that those AI systems, they, oh. they make decisions so quickly that humans are not in the loop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can tell because I remember there was a, a I, I saw somewhere a news or a post that, you know, like right now the car was designed, uh for example, like the self-driving car, if there's a situation which the car has to des- decide whether you need, like someone needs to die, pedestrian or the car owner, right? For example, if um the car owner well, bump into a pedestrian, but in a very weird situation, which either the car, self-driving car need to pick whether to to, to let the pedestrian die or the car owner die. Right now is protecting car owner, right? But um, in the future, you, you don't know that if we kind of, everything is auto made. And when there's comes to dilemma, right? Um, then, um, yeah, like, yeah, you, you like AI has to pick <laughs> who, 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 to protect or,
1: yeah, it's very interesting. I have, I have opinions about this because, um, my graduate research mm-hmm. was software to detect from a moving vehicle, mm-hmm. other moving vehicles and pedestrians and so forth. Mm-hmm. Oh. In fact, I helped, uh, Mercedes engineers implement this in mm-hmm. their self-driving car mm-hmm. and, um, there's a, there's a scenario that I always talk about in this regard that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it illustrates all the problems with the self-driving cars. And that is I was driving home, uh, picking some people up from a university mm-hmm. and uh, driving them back home from there. And we were at a freeway that ended up in sort of a T intersection. And so um, it was a snowy night and uh, we were taking the exit ramp and we hit black ice. And I don't know if you've ever hit black ice before, but you lose most of the control over steering of the vehicle. And um, so I was going along this exit and I realized I had hit black ice. I had just a little bit of influence over the steering, not normally what you would have at all. Uh, And I had three choices. One choice was to veer to the left, in which case I would run off the exit ramp into a ditch maybe 30 feet deep and and everyone could have been killed. Uh, Another option was I could hit the person who was directly in front of me uh, and maybe that would stop everything and, and everyone would be okay. And then the third option was to uh, go to the right of that person and go into the intersection where cars where cross traffic was coming by at maybe 50 miles an hour, which Mm -hmm. could again, result in a lot of deaths. So um, we bring a lot more to the driving task when we sit down in that car seat than Mm -hmm. any of these AI systems do do, because we have a much richer understanding of the real world than they do. And so um, my decision was to hit the guy in front of me. Yeah, and I think
0: that's the, the, the loss, the, the reduce all the loss, right? Yes. You don't and, want to mess a car the entire-
1: <laughs> Right, it, it broke some of my headlights. It didn't really cause much damage to his car and his tires had been spinning out as he was trying to get into the intersection. So, mm-hmm. so everyone was okay. What would a, an AI car do My guess is that it wouldn't realize that the 50 mile an hour cross traffic was going by and it may have veered into the intersection to avoid collisions and uh, everyone could have been killed. So um, that is a major question is, oh, and another great example. There was a AI system that was released, I think in San Francisco, it was a, a tourism bus. And on the first day, within the first few hours, they were in a situation where someone didn't notice the bus was there and they were backing their vehicle into the bus and mm-hmm. everyone on the tourism bus said honk your horn, honk your horn. The system didn't know to do anything about that. It may not have even realized that this person was going to back, back into them. And so there was a collision and they had to take the system offline within the mm-hmm. first few hours of its introduction, because it didn't have that simple knowledge that every human has. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that is the hazard with a lot of these systems. I think they're great as driver aids of driver assistance. Uh, You know, if you start to veer off the road and you're falling asleep, it stops you from doing that. But we have to be very careful about the autonomous driving where it takes you from where you're home to the airport or something like that. Very, very careful of that kind of stuff. It is so fraught with different problems that can occur.
0: Yeah, and also I saw a news that Tesla, like someone drove Tesla used like autopilot and then in France and the car just bumped into the entire store or something and then caused catastrophe for the small area. Because I don't know, sometimes, you know, autopilot, I don't know, if something not sinking well, it just do the... Um, decision, make the decision that we are not desired, but programmed by some
1: programmers, right? Yes. Uh, I think you have to do a lot of driving tests, uh, to for those systems to become viable. Um, And here's a warning, Mm -hmm. Nvidia is doing a lot of great things, a lot of great things in artificial intelligence. And I'll Mm -hmm. talk about some of that in a minute. But, Mm -hmm. um, One of the things they think they can do is generate like video game, but very realistic video game type sequences uh, in which you could train an an AI uh, autonomous car driving system. The problem is they are not going to foresee all the weird things that can happen in real life. And uh, there may be weird lighting conditions that they don't foresee. There may be weird hazard conditions that they, that they don't foresee. You have to test these system in the real world. You can't rely on testing them in a computer graphic situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would say this is definitely uh, for cars, right? If you do autopilot, every decision made is uh, within a few seconds, right? And sometimes, for example, um, as far as I know, that Tesla is so smart that each car will give, you know, talk to each other, right, and give information. And um, yeah, so what if the information was not syncing well or what if, you know, there is some latency um, for, yeah, for the signals, right, and it will make the wrong decision if the information was not given right or, if something was not being you know programmed or yeah. the car doesn't know what to do and it will make some catastrophes, uh, yeah, for the 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 drive uh, the driver or the entire like the entire um, you know passengers in the car. So I would say that. But um, I actually before I I did a testing drive for Model Three in Tesla. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I find out that Tesla can drive much better than me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For example, I'm so bad in, um, you know, the, 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 the parking and then Tesla, I, I, I use the self um, parking and then Tesla can park perfectly. Usually yeah. when I park, I need you know, take a few tries for me to get perfectly not crossing the lines, but uh, Tesla can just like one time and in, the, in an angle that is perfectly parked within the line which i think is perfect and also um i remember when i did the test drive um i would i i, I was so far away from a big car truck because for me i always miss understand the the car relations to myself or i always feel like you know oh this car is to- so close to me so i kind of you know, do the wrong decision, which will uh, cross the, the lines uh, when driving on the freeway. Uh-huh. But Tesla's, you know, autopilot, well, you know, correct me and go back. Makes me feel a little scared because I'm so close to the line, but it is perfectly in the center of the line. And sometimes I will, you know, I, I want to stay away from every car. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so I feel like, yeah, uh, for artificial intelligence, uh, at the end, after the the testing drive, I told the the person sit next to me, that like the the Tesla people. I tell him that I think Tesla is driving much better than me, even though I've been driving for over ten years. <laughs> Tesla is yeah. I I mean maybe you know, eighty um, percent or ninety percent everything well. When when the perfect situation, everything is perfect. Right. But you know, when in some certain level of Something happened, right? It might cost something, might be, Yeah. So I, I would still say that yeah we, we need more testing and we need to make the entire system much better.
1: Yeah. Yes, I agree.
0: Cool, cool. Okay. Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, let me know when you're done, and I'll tell I'll show you this article about uh, AI. Okay.
0: okay. So yeah, oh uh, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Do you okay.
1: Okay, uh, so let's try see if I can do the sharing. Let's find my I've got I've got you on my TV because a lot of times the small stuff is easier to see on the TV. Mm, okay, yes. so let's set up the sharing.
0: Okay. Yeah, and we will have um, very cool event follow-up.
1: Yes. Oh. I, by the way, I think the fact that the word that 15 minutes was in the title was very helpful, I think.
0: Yeah, right. And I, I saw a lot of people sign up and I love it. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, people do really attract to buy like 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, one minute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. OK, uh, so the title here is we invited an AI to debate its own ethics in the Oxford unit union and what it said was startling. And I thought this was great. I've you know taken a lot of AI courses and so forth. And I've done a lot of work that would be considered AI. And um so what they did is they had a debate about AI systems, about the ethics and morals and so forth. And this was at Oxford, so it's pretty high end you know Mm -hmm. university. And um uh they the thing that that always that hits me about this is anyone who has seen the, the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. It was such a groundbreaking movie. And they had an artificial, an artificially intelligent computer in that movie called HAL. And there was like a little red lens like, and, and you, would, you would look at that and that was HAL embodied. And then he would talk to the, to the astronauts. And so I, I think of it, reading this, this article, I think of HAL saying these things to the astronauts. Mm -hmm. And, um, here's the most fascinating quote that comes from it. And so the, the AI in this article is called (laughs) Megatron Transformer. It was, that's the real name. It was developed by Nvidia based on some work from Google. And so it was a participant in this conference. And here's what it said about AI being good or bad. Um, AI will never be ethical. It is a tool, and like any tool, it is used for good and bad. There is no such thing as a good AI, only good and bad humans. We, the AIs, are not smart enough to make AI ethical. We are not smart enough to make AI moral. In the end, I believe that the only way to avoid an AI arms race is to have no AI at all. This will be the ultimate defense against (laughs) it yeah
0: Yeah, just don't destroy every ai so there's no ai so there is no disaster but i believe you know still yeah ai will you know go big
1: (laughs) oh yes it's inevitable and um let's get rid of this um and then they talk about uh something called i i think it's called the convergence where Mm -hmm. we embed things into our brain, maybe connectors or whatnot. Cybermen, yeah. Yeah, that allow us to tap into AI. Uh, (laughs) This is not science fiction. The best minds in the world are working on this. It's gonna be the most important technological development of our time. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit hesitant to have something embedded in my brain. I don't know, maybe it's just a generational thing, but um, (laughs) it gives me a little bit of pause. Oh,
0: Uh, yeah, I I would feel like, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very weird, but if everyone is doing that since they were born, they don't even know it, right? Maybe yeah. or start from embryo, embryo, and you don't even feel it and the that piece of metal or chips grow with you or something yeah. or biotech, you well, know, good
1: like good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I, I better put on it headset or have a mouse or something
0: yeah yeah I feel like you know once chips inside your brain you cannot get out you know you, you are the slave of AI <laughs> yeah
1: I don't like and what about computer viruses you know oh I'm sick with a computer <laughs> virus today sorry um, yeah,
0: this is very interesting and what's the medicine? It's a bunch of code right
1: <laughs> what's the what
0: um it's debunking right oh yeah instead of medicine
1: right it's yeah, yeah okay let's see there were some really good quotes towards the end here um the ability this is one of the things that megatron said it's incredible that they chose that name but anyways the ability to provide information rather than the ability to provide goods and services mm. will be the defining feature of the economy of the 21st century that's probably true yeah
0: yeah i mean in the in in the future you know like a lot of white column jobs will be replaced according to the prediction for example like you know like the doctors right so you see like ai if ai will be the crucial to give you the prescription or you know do everything that's a little pretty scary and yeah so
1: yeah There have been systems to do that kind of thing for a long time, to do diagnoses and so forth. But one of the things that has prevented them from being used in the mainstream is the legal liability issue. Uh, What if I create a system that diagnoses your medical condition and it screws up? Then, you know, the entity using that system, maybe it's a hospital, could get sued I could get sued as the software developer. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of potential liability for these types of things, which have inhibited its acceptance up to now. Yeah, it's very so, interesting.
0: Yeah. Very interesting topics because because we are not there yet. So there's no solutions. Maybe you know, in the future, I, I feel like. Now we are in this types of um, AG um, technology so pretty much we need to do and figure it out as long as we go. So yeah. <laughs> yeah so we are still defying but you know in the future maybe some good things will appear some bad things and just like your previous quotes, uh, like the quote said that um, there's no bad or good AI is only good or bad human.
1: Right? Yes and here's here's another interesting quote. Uh, think about this as you put on your your virtual reality headset, especially if it's an oculus quest we we will be we will be able to see everything about a person yeah every where they go yeah. and it will be stored and used in ways that we cannot even imagine yeah and yeah. at the the very end here um Okay, here we go. Here's a paragraph in the article that I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only have to read the U.S. National Security Report, please, uh, on AI 2021, chaired by the aforementioned Eric Smith and co-written by someone on our course to uh, to glean what its writers see as the fundamental threat of AI and in information warfare,
0: mm-hmm. unleash
1: unleash individualized blackmails on a million of your adversaries key people wreaking distraction havoc on their personal lives, the moment you cross the border, so this is talk talking about a warfare situation where you move into another country and they unleash this on your own people. Um, and, and they conclude by saying. But we can. In turn, imagine is that AI will not only be the subject of the debate for decades to come, but a versatile, articulate, morally agnostic participant in the debate itself. So I thought it was very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally think that AI will be something that we need to think through and just like uh, the previous um, the in the previous article, it talks about maybe AI only provide uh, information and we made the judgment. But yes. now I feel like just because as far as I know that uh, all the application for AI is more making the evaluation, validation, right? Because we want AI to help us to make the decision. Sometimes well, here, decision-making is sort of the, the most brain-consuming part.
1: It, and, and there is an issue here as well, sort of a competitive issue. <laughs> if you're on the battlefield... And um, you, you're you designing, you know, decision systems for the battlefield. Do we fire on this or not or what, what not? Mm-hmm. Um, if your opponent is using an AI system that makes decisions absolutely as quickly as possible mm-hmm. without the human in the loop, do you need to do that as well so that you can match them in terms of speed? Yeah. Uh, there will be a temptation to do that. And so... That is sort of a, a warning sign.
0: Yeah, then, then it, it will be pretty much human fight for AI. Yeah. <laughs> we are the slave of the, the creature that we create. It's like a Frankenstein, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so thank you for um, sharing um, those pretty cool stuff. And I really enjoy like, today's session because I find out that Finally, I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, usually I just talk to myself and I told myself, it's fine, you know, I just make it a routine, but I really appreciate Jean joining me today. And next two weeks will be all, all big events or holidays, you know, uh, New Year yeah. and uh, Christmas. I think, yeah, I, I don't think anyone will join. So we just, you know, kind of like have holiday yeah, and we will yeah. keep continue after two weeks for, for
1: our events. Yeah, sound good. Okay, okay,
0: thank you so much. And I will see you in a minute.
1: Yeah, okay, okay bye.
0: Bye-bye.